0: Warning, this podcast contains foul language, sexual situations, and discussions of drugs and drinking. Yeah.
1: Welcome Welcome to to Fuck Shakespeare, Shakespeare. all All the the naughty naughty bits exposed. exposed. Our goal is to open your eyes to all the inside info that makes reading Shakespeare way more fun. Any episode might contain dick jokes, or essay ideas, or anything in between. So, So, listen listen up. up. Hey! Hi! I'm Erin. I'm Diana. I'm in Sturbridge, Massachusetts. And I'm in Stratford-upon-Avon. Woo-hoo! Home of the Bard and Ground Zero for Shakespeare nerds. Ground Zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is full of my people. You went and saw the grave yesterday, right? Yeah, I saw it this morning. I saw Shakespeare's grave. And, you know, got to stand there where the bones of the man are. And that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And God bless Maggie O'Farrell. She wrote the book Hamnet. And if you haven't read it, go and fucking get it right now. We'll wait. (laughs) Because it's amazing. It is a very good book. It's a really, really good book. book. And she wrote a fiction about Hamnet, who was Shakespeare's son. And he was one of the twins, Hamnet and Judith. And he died when he was 11. And there is no grave marker for him, probably because he was buried out in the churchyard. And when the churchyard got full, they would just dig up bodies and throw them in the charnel, which is the pile of bones, and then they'd set that on fire later. It's lovely. That's just lovely. Also, if he died of plague, he would have been buried somewhere else in a pit. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, she planted a couple of trees in the churchyard right there, and they're dedicated to Hamnet and Judith, and that was really cool to see. Go, Maggie. Go, Maggie. Yeah, and I'm going to be going to school here, so I'm doing doing lots of broadcasts from Shakespeare country. That was pretty cool. <laughs> Shakespeare country. Yeah. <gasps> and I went to a bar yesterday where Judy Dench and Jeremy Irons and Ian McKellen hang out. Wow. Yes. That was hardcore. Uh, Hardcore. (laughs) And I think I'm just going to be a regular there so I can go see people. There you go. And fangirl. It'll be fun.
0: Well, don't fangirl. Be very cool. Be a cool New Yorker because then, like, if they continue to see your first, you'll continue to see their first, and eventually you'll, like, start nodding and smiling at each other. Yeah. Yeah, and then can be best friends with Ian McKellen.
1: Yeah, my bestie. My bestie, yeah. Sir Ian. It'd be super cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So here we are with Measure for Measure, third episode. And we're going to have a little comic relief. Because as I was saying to Aaron before we started <laughs> recording, <laughs> the story of a young man getting beheaded for fucking his fiance is not really a comedy.
0: No.
1: No. So (laughs) Shakespeare had to go a little stretch to make it a comedy.
0: So this is one of the reasons why it's referred to as a problem play along with All's Well That Ends Well. Because there are marriages at the end, which defines a comedy. But the stuff that Shakespeare's investigating in both All's Well That Ends Well and Measure for Measure is really,
1: as Harold Bloom says, rancid. Yeah, and this whole, you know, the bed trick thing which we'll get to when one woman replaces another in somebody's bed, that's icky. Both plays. Yeah. Right. In both of those plays.
0: I feel like the stuff that Shakespeare is examining in Measure for Measure is much ickier than the stuff he investigates in All's Well That Ends Well. But the torture of... um. Parole's. Parole's. Oh, yeah, that's horrible. it It makes what happens to Malvolio in Twelfth Night look like a cakewalk. Yeah,
1: it's nothing. And it's supposed to be funny, but it's
0: just not
1: funny. It's not funny. You might laugh while you're in it, and then you go home feeling like, ugh, I hate myself. Why did I do that?
0: But also, we laugh sometimes because we're uncomfortable. You know, we laugh oh, yeah. for a lot of reasons, and I, and I think that the Malvolio scene in Twelfth Night is icky as well. But the Paroles is—I is, mean, it's real torture. It's awful.
1: And technically, somebody dies in this play, though it's someone we never meet, Ragazine the pirate, conveniently <laughs> dies. Right, he conveniently <laughs> dies because we need a head. But we need a head. But but but. but but we're getting ahead of ourselves. (laughs) Ah, ah, ah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, a lot of the tragedies that he goes on to write after he goes through this phase of killing off comedy have some of his funniest
1: stuff in them. Well, except for Othello. Othello doesn't really have anything funny. (laughs) I said some, some, some. Yeah. Othello has Iago being sort of the bitter fool, you know, the, the dark fool. Making didn't that
0: flow come right after Measure for Measure? I think so, yeah.
1: So, so like, I think. Fuck you
0: know, <laughs> Yeah, he was excising some demons. I don't feel like laughing. <laughs> right. <laughs> and also social commentary that was, you know, he was dancing a fine line at, at this point in his writing career by saying things that could really get him in trouble and doing it anyway.
1: So maybe he was sort of banking on, I've reached a certain level of believability or accountability or, you know, importance in this society. And so I can maybe get away with a little bit more.
0: Interesting, because we talk, we talk about this with allies all the time, right? We talk about using your own well, I'm going to use the word privilege for lack of a better one in this moment. But we who are not confined by the color of our skin or the people that we love or our gender or our religion, whatever it happens to be, you know, those of us who, who skate more easily because we don't have those blockades, you know, are meant to use that position to help Help is not the right word. To support support in the way that they say they need to be supported. No, no white savior rushing into, but you know, to, to, to listen to people who have blockades in their. In their way in a way that we don't and to intervene when it's necessary to listen hard and learn what it's like to live with those blockades and to uh, and to clear them in the way that the people who are affected by them think is the most reasonable
1: Yes. efficacious way right so you're saying that Shakespeare maybe is doing that here exactly. because he has a bit more power right because now he's in with King James right yeah they've been that's a key moment thing actually is that they've been promoted to the Kingsmen which they right. weren't you know but that's the highest yeah. theater company in the land right Kingsmen to have the king which as is- patron
0: Right. So that enables you to say some things. Of course, you have to be careful.
1: Yeah. You never want to insult your patron, but you can say things that other people can't say. Like I was saying about him taking jabs at the tutors, perhaps, because the tutors are no longer in power. Right. Interesting. But so here, in the scene that we're going to do for you today, Act 2, Scene 1 is a long scene, and it's all about comic relief because, as I said this play is otherwise not so comedic. <laughs> yeah. Right? So we have to bring in some a host of crazy characters. And you did already meet Mr. Overdone and Pompey briefly. And you met Lucio, and he's going to continue throughout the play as sort of a biting comedic character. But here we're going to meet a couple of others that are just throwaways that we're only going to see in a couple of scenes, and they're ridiculous. We're going to meet Constable Elbow, and he's one of these great characters who deals almost exclusively in malapropisms. What are malapropisms, Erin?
0: When you replace one word for another by accident, changing the meaning of what you're trying to
1: say. Changing the meaning as it's heard, but you intend a certain thing. Correct. It's a mistake. Yeah, like replacing protest with detest. That's very different. Right. And Shakespeare uses this conceit
0: also in um,
1: Much Ado About Nothing. Much Ado About Nothing with Dogberry. Yeah, I love that character. He's so great, Dogberry. And there and there are a couple of others, too, in the canon. And I'm not yeah. remembering right now, but it doesn't really matter. But famously, Dogberry and Elbow. And Mistress Quickly, actually. Yes. In yes. Henry IV, she does a lot of that, too. And it's just a, such a great device because it makes the character look Absolutely stupid, but the writer looks brilliant. <laughs> you know, because he's figuring all these things out and so good. But when I was looking that up, I also learned a new term which I heard Aaron understands and knows, but I never heard it called Spoonerisms. And I love the idea of these because it's only swapping the first letter of a word for comic effect or the first couple of letters. Yes. So the example I found was catastrophic catastrophe. Yeah. (laughs) Although you
0: can also do things like, okay, spiral staircase can become sterile spy case, or it can become, (laughs) right?
1: (laughs) That's very fun. That changes it completely. Right. right, The idea of it. Yeah. So Spoonerisms, new term for me. Very cool. So we do have Angelo in the beginning of this scene, and he ain't funny. Nope. Nope. Not at all. (laughs) Nothing. funny. I think he's here. He's here in this, the beginning of this scene to, so that he can understand a little as to why this town has gone to shit so badly because he's going to meet the justice system in the flesh, you know, like actually encounter an episode of the judge meeting the people who have sinned. And with sinners like Pompey, who even has the time and patience to listen to such a person? And so that's... <laughs> So Angelo is like, oh my fucking God! And he just leaves the room. He can't take it. (laughs) He leaves it to Elbow. He's like, just fucking whip them all. I can't stand it. (laughs) So, you know, that's good. And in fact, Aeschylus ends up Pardoning Pompey again. So, <laughs> Aeschylus is not doing his job. Well, but but, but t- I wonder... Tell us a little bit about Aeschylus, I was going to say. I, right. I
0: wonder if Aeschylus has the actual vision of what is justice and what is not, and what's a real crime and what is not. And I feel like with Pompey, he's. I feel like he's actually a little tickled by Pompey. I think Pompey... Oh. I think yeah. Pompey, you know, he thinks Pompey is a very clever man. And what he does is not, in Aeschylus's view, this is my take, really criminal. And Pompey Pompey says it in the scene. He's like, you know, you can close all the whorehouses and put all the pimps yeah. out of work. But that's not going to stop people from fucking out of wedlock.
1: He says as much. So it's like. So he's saying the things that Aeschylus can't say. Right. But I think. So Aeschylus is like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I think Aeschylus is,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. And then he makes him laugh. So he's like, get out of here. Okay.
1: Get your fucking face out of my face. Right. Don't get caught again. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I so I don't think Aeschylus is the problem. I think Aeschylus no. is, is real justice.
1: Yeah. He's listening to the story and he's finding the humanity in it and he's allowing it.
0: Right. And he argues against what Angela wants to do with claudio he argues absolutely
1: because it's not and he knows it he's the one who really brings in the philosophical arguments in the cases and he's the one that is stating is making these wonderful philosophical statements that really speak to the theme of the play which is cool right. because we talked about the measure for measure bit of the Bible, but then there's also the flip side of it. The, the There's the eye for the eye. Right. But there's also the flip side judge, not, not. lest ye be judged. Right. Right. Yeah. So he's like, Angelo, uh, what if you had been tempted to do the same thing? And you know, if, what if you found yourself in the position of Claudio and you were tempted to act similarly But Angelo says, you know what? Being tempted is not the same as doing. He's like, I can control myself. Mm. Claudio can't. Mm. You know? And like, oh, yeah? We'll see. Yeah, right. We'll see. Because (laughs) it's great to have him say that in this scene. Like, I'm going to be strong and I can control myself. And then the next scene, he's going to get walloped by Isabella. Right. So it's cool. So, listen for Aeschylus' lines because they're really, really interesting. He has another one some rise by sin and some by virtue fall. Mm -hmm. So, some people climb the ladder by doing bad things and some good people get punished. And this is the problem with justice. It's, well, is that problem? How do we judge?
0: Problem in quotes because, like we talked about the wheel of fortune, sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down. If you believe in God, in the Christian, Jewish, Muslim, variety. God is the judge. We have no business judging other people because you don't really know. And and so when someone makes a lot of money by doing real harm to other people, if you believe in that God, Judeo-Christian God, then those people who make their money off of the backs of other people and exploiting others will get their just desserts in the hereafter. But for those of us who don't believe in that version of godly justice, you know, the truth is that people who, all right, well, this is a mini soapbox, but people who (laughs) take advantage of other people to get ahead are ultimately not happy because you're always watching your back. Are they going to come for retribution? Am I going to get caught? Living like that, knowing you've done bad, is not a happy way to live, even if you have a butt ton of money. Yeah. So that's punishment in and of itself. And I think that Aeschylus kind of gets that. Like, it isn't our place. I mean, yes, if you blatantly break the law and harm other people and you get caught, but there are plenty of people who never get caught. But they live with their own guilt and their own fear and their own insecurities that they've done bad and
1: and that's almost worse in some ways. All right, I'm done. Well, I was about to give you fuel for another soapbox. Go ahead. Help me up. And now I love me the out. well, I was just saying that the bad side of the justice system is then we have made this judgment to take this person and put them in a place where we are going to quote unquote rehabilitate them that yeah you know like that's not gonna happen well you see this great example in this play by um when Barn- you meet barnardine <laughs> you know yeah he's like screw you people i yeah. don't care i'm gonna drink and i'm gonna be drunk because i know that you guys can't hang me while i'm drunk right so <laughs> that's right. my that's my rehabilitation right there and i mean, look yes soapbox i i this could end up being a
0: four-hour episode if you really got it. No, I know. But so like, give us a short form, no You know,
1: here's the thing.
0: The penal system, I can't speak to any other country, but the penal system in this country was designed to keep people in their place. We wrote it into our motherfucking constitution that we outlawed slavery, except when someone is incarcerated. We still allow for that today. And- yeah. I mean, how motherfucking fucked up is that to begin with? Our yeah. carceral system, in a lot of ways, is a for profit, money generating thing. There is no such thing as rehabilitation built into the system. We're not, we never were trying to rehabilitate anybody. We may have said that's what we were trying to do, but we were never trying to rehabilitate. Anybody, we were trying to keep them in the system so that we would get free work or keep them in their place because they got uppity, whatever, you know? Yeah. So there are- Yeah, they got out of line, right? There are programs that are actually rehabilitative, but we fight them constantly. The difficulties of the justice system. It just doesn't, it's not just. It doesn't work. It's It's not not. just and it's not justice. And if you've ever been on a, a jury- in this country,
1: yeah. you know that firsthand. So to bring it back to this play, so Aeschylus, this is what I think Aeschylus struggles with. Yeah. For sure. Because he says, mercy is not itself that oft seems so. Like, I don't know exactly if certain actions are merciful or not. Right. You know? Right. Like, it's, Is it okay to pardon someone or is it better to stop them? Because you're being merciful to the next person that they will harm. Like, you know, and,
0: but got- I think that's a that's like the scales of justice. You have to weigh yeah. that. It isn't it isn't black and white.
1: No. You and know it's for each case is different.
0: You each know? case is different. And I think the yeah. person is, you know, a serial killer. Yeah, you don't want that person being out on the street. If the person's a serial rapist, you don't want that person being out on the street. I don't believe personally in the death penalty because if God exists, that's God's job. That's not our job. Yeah. And people who are administering lethal injections, they carry that on their conscience. That wounds them for the rest of their lives. It's not fair. It's not fair to, to do that to people who are innocent pay them to kill other people it's just not okay and if you believe in the judeo-christian bible then you know it says right there thou shalt not kill no matter what you know even though in the old testament lots of people kill for lots of reasons
1: yeah so there's some big themes that we're wrestling with in this play and i think that's why this scene is here to make light of it
0: yes i agree
1: It's Shakespeare going, I don't have all the answers. I'm just going to give you these kooky people to let you see how it might be in the courts. And you can decide. Yeah. Here we go. So enter Angelo Escolis and a justice, the provost, the officers, all the people that would be in the court. Angelo, we must not make a scarecrow of the law, setting it up to fear the birds of prey and let it keep one shape till custom make it their perch and not their terror. It's a metaphor. Like, don't let the law get stale. You know, don't be like a scarecrow that stands there so long that the crows just sit on it because they're not afraid of it anymore, right? We got to keep the sinners on their toes. Right. So remember that they come in mid-conversation, right? They've already had part of this conversation. And so Aeschylus actually cuts him off here and interrupts him, I think because he's gotten heated up with the beginning of this conversation. Yeah. He's a little upset. So here's Aeschylus.
0: Let us be keen and rather cut a little than fall and bruise to death. Alas, this gentleman, whom I would save, had a most noble father. Let but your honor know, whom I believe to be most straight in virtue, that in the working of your own affections had time cohered with place or place with wishing, or that the resolute acting of your blood could have attained the effect of your own purpose, whether you had not some time in your life erred in this point, which now you censure him and pulled
1: the law upon you. Yeah, so he's pretty upset. If you'll notice in these lines that almost all of them are plus one or plus two, that means there's an extra syllable or two at the end of the line. Because he's just like really worked up. He's like, ah, come on. We should try to be a little bit more moderate. Cut a little rather than fall and bruise to death. And this gentleman, Claudio, had a most noble father. That's interesting. You know, that's, I think, the only way that we know that Claudio and Isabella began life as sort of lesser nobility. And then, let but your honor know is an interesting line. Because there's four beats of silence in there. Let but your honor know is six. So maybe there was four beats of silence before the line starts because he's like catching his breath, or is he waiting for Angelo to answer? And Angelo doesn't. So that's an interesting line. I, I, and then he feel like
0: I kind of feel like I didn't do it in in reading it, but I kind of feel like he's struggling. Aeschylus is struggling to find another tack. How can I get to this man? How can I make him understand? So like whom I would say had, uh, had a most noble father and then a little breath, let but your honor no. Whom I believe to be most straight. In other words, he's he's working to find the words.
1: Yeah, and trying to make this personal to Angelo. Like, yeah. see it from if you were in Claudio's shoes, right? Right. The workings of your own affections. If time and place had agreed with something you desired. Like, if you found yourself in a place where you could have gone to bed with a woman who wanted to go to bed with you would you have done it, right? Right. I like the resolute acting of your blood. Resolute means to stand up for something, right? So it's really like, if you had an erect penis at that moment, would you have let it have its way? Right. (laughs) Right? Mm -hmm. Could you have attained the effect of your own purpose? Your purpose being your penis would have done its thing. And then, you know, wouldn't you be in the same place? Would you have done the same thing and pulled the law upon you? And that means, you know, Bringing down the center of the law because you did something, quote unquote, illegal now. Yeah. As you're calling it. And then there's three beats of silence after that last line. Because there, I think maybe Angelo is trying to, like, be very calm. Yes, and measured. Yes. So, Angelo. "'Tis one thing to be tempted, Aeschylus. Another thing to fall." I not deny the jury passing on the prisoner's life may in the sworn 12 have a thief or two guiltier than him. They try what's open made to justice that justice seizes. What know the laws that thieves do pass on thieves. So he's like, Yeah. Okay. It's one thing, first of all, to have an idea and another thing to act on it, right? Mm -hmm. But then he's also saying, you know, look, we try to make the law work, but we might not know that a jury contains a thief and that that thief is therefore, you know, a judge on another thief. We can't know that. But if we do know, we make choices to try to make the best choice for upholding the law. That's what he's saying. So, you know, those are good arguments, yes? Well. What knows the laws that thieves do pass on thieves? But we don't know what happens between thieves. We don't know how thieves think about other thieves. We can only do what we understand and we know. Right. right.
0: The sworn 12, just so we're clear, is the jury.
1: Yeah, the sworn 12, yeah. And then he has this word, which he threw in in the beginning scene too, right? Tis very pregnant. They keep throwing that word around. And one of the people under judgment is a pregnant person. Right. Right? Juliet, yeah, but here he means obvious or apt, tis very pregnant, the jewel that we find, we stoop and take it because we see it, but what we do not see, we tread upon and never think of it. so like if there were diamonds strewn on the floor, we would see them and pick them up, right because that's obvious, but there might be things underfoot that we don't know are valuable, and we step on them by accident, right, so it's the same sort of theory here is that what we see and understand. We will make use of what we don't, we can't do anything about. So it's a reasoned and measured argument, right? You may not so extenuate his offense for I have had such faults, but rather tell me when I, that censure him, do so offend, let mine own judgment pattern out my death and nothing come impartial. Sir, he must die.
0: So if I should ever do it, I hope that like I'll be killed too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's a big, that's a big if. Yeah, but he's also so sure that he'll never fall. So sure. Pride comes before the fall.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of pride there. And there's a lot of ego. Like, nobody's bringing me down. Right. So he's going down a, a bad road right here. Yes, he is. But extenuate, extenuate meaning diminish or excuse. So you can't diminish Claudio's fault just because you say you might have acted the same way. You can't excuse one person's fault because 10 people have the same fault. It doesn't matter. Right. Censure means sentence. Nothing come in partial means nothing comes to be partial to me. Oh, okay. In defense of me. Don't bring anything up in defense of me. If I do the same thing, I would want the same judgment. Okay. Big foreshadowing. Yeah. And Aeschylus, be it as your wisdom will. Where's the provost? So here they go to pros, I think, because they're uncomfortable now with each other, right? Yeah. Provost, here, if it like your honor. See that Claudio be executed by nine tomorrow morning. Bring him his confessor, let him be prepared, for that's the utmost of his pilgrimage. The utmost meaning limit, and his pilgrimage, his life's journey. That is the end. And the provost goes out, and we're going to see that scene later where he comes to Claudio. And Aeschylus. Well, heaven forgive him, and forgive us all. Some rise
0: by sin, and some by virtue fall. Some run from breaks of ice, and
1: answer none and some condemned for a fault alone. Again, really interesting, beautiful, philosophical lines here. So first of all, it says aside. Well, he's already upset with Angelo. This doesn't have to be an aside. He can say this aloud. Absolutely. He's already said things that were a little bit controversial. Mm -hmm. So we have some rise by sin, some by virtue fall. We discussed, you know, some people get to do bad things and they rise up the ladder. Right. And some good people, you know, get the worst treatment, but I love this. Some run from breaks of ice. So there's the image of the ice cracking underneath your feet and you going, Oh shit, I'm going to fall in and you get to run. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and answer none, which means like, you don't have to answer for your stupidity for walking out onto the ice. Right. You got the warning shot. And some condemned it for a fault alone. Fault is also a crack, which is great. So, and some fall through to their death from just one crack, right? And they don't have a chance to flee. But it was also a reference. I think Shakespeare in his time heard about this story of people sailing into places which were much too cold and getting frozen into the ice, like Shackleton, but not Shackleton, obviously, but that kind of idea, because there was a famous story right around Shakespeare's time. So, It may be from that, and that's kind of a neat. Also, I'm wondering if none and alone
0: is a rhyming
1: couplet. None, alone, known, alone, and answer known. I said answer known. Yeah. Original pronunciation. (laughs) Then here comes Elbow. Constable Elbow. And Froth. Come, bring them away. If these be good people in a common wheel that do nothing but use their abuses in common houses, I know no law. Bring them away. So he's dragging a couple of people, Pompey being one, and Mr. Froth, who we're going to meet. And he's like, I'm no lawman if these people are good guys. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> Angelo. How now, sir? What's your name and what's the matter? Oh. If it please, your honor, I am the poor duke's constable, and my name is Elbow. I do lean upon justice, sir. And I do bring in here before your good honor two notorious benefactors. So he makes a little joke about his own name, which is fun. Um, And then he uses the word benefactors, which obviously he means malefactors, and Angela's going to point that out. But I like I am the poor duke. Poor duke's officer. (laughs) He was a poor duke, he sucked at it, in fact. Right.
0: Bad. He was bad a bad Duke.
1: Yeah. So Angelo. Benefactors? Well, what benefactors are are they not malefactors? If it please your honor, I know not well what they are, but precise villains they are, that I am sure of, and void of all profanation in the world that good Christians ought to have. He doesn't mean void of profanation. He means full of profanation, right? Right. Profanation being profane things, bad things. He's trying to sound smart, but by trying to sound smart, he's saying the wrong thing. Yeah, he's using big words that he doesn't understand. Right. That's like my mother-in-law who said, oh my, that girl is graceful as a gazebo. like beth um no i think you mean gazelle
0: but but to say someone as graceful as a gazebo is perfect so yeah
1: my mother-in-law was a famous malapropist (laughs) that's hilarious all right
0: escalist says this comes off well
1: here's a wise officer go to that's angelo like okay all right shut up what quality are they of elmo is your name Why does thou not speak, Elbow? And Pompey. He cannot, sir. He's out at Elbow. (laughs) So out at Elbow means shabby or poverty stricken. Like, so maybe he doesn't feel worthy to speak to you. But also Elbow is his name. And out at means like he ran out of ideas when he heard that. So it's like he heard his name and he stopped thinking. (laughs) So he can't talk, and then Angelo turns to Pompey and he's like, "Oh my God, what are you, sir?" And Elbow doesn't even want to let him talk to Pompey. He, sir, a tabster, sir, parcel bod, one that serves a bad woman whose house, sir, was, as they say, plucked down in the suburbs, and now she professes a hot house, which I think is a very ill house too. <laughs> he's like this guy he's a tapster we already talked about this and parcel bod means part-time pimp and he serves mistress overdone and we heard about the houses the whorehouses getting pulled down in suburbs and so now she's set up a bathhouse, a hot house mm-hmm. and she's pretending that she runs a bathhouse, but we know what that is right right and so does elbow and Aeschylus. how know you that my wife sir whom i detest before heaven and your honor how thy wife i sir whom i thank heaven is an honest woman all right wait first let's go back to detest in that first <laughs> House- is about to say it too yeah he uh, means protest he means pro- i protest yeah you know that For, she's gonna be ugly. yeah all right and so so do elbow again i sir whom i sir whom i thank heaven is an honest woman Dost thou detest her Therefore. I say, sir, I will detest myself also, as well as she, that this house, if it be not a bod's house, is pity of her life, for it is a naughty house. How dost thou know that, constable? Mary, sir, by my wife, who, if she had been a woman cardinally given, might have been accused in fornication, adultery, and all uncleanliness there. By the woman's means? <laughs> So cardinally given, that means sinfully inclined. He means carnally. Yeah. Right? Like if she was given to wanting sins of the flesh, then she would have been accused. That's a big if. If she had been the kind of woman who wants to partake in sins of the flesh, she would have been accused of adultery and fornication in that house. Yeah. And then he's like, accused by who? So Aeschylus is like by the woman, the woman that runs it, and Elbow. Aye, sir, by Mistress Overdone's means, but as she spit in his face, so she defied him. So Pompey, he's telling you know, Mistress Elbow apparently defied Pompey. We'll see. And Pompey says, "Sir, if it please your honor, this is not so. Prove it before these varlets here, thou honorable man. Prove it." <laughs> So he's calling Aeschylus and Angelo varlets, which is no goods, you know, rogues. And he's calling Pompey the honorable man. Right. And I think he means the horrible man. Right. But he's gotten them all wrong. And Aeschylus,
0: did you hear how he misplaces? Pompey, sir, she came in great with child and longing, of saving your honor's reverence, for
1: stewed prune. <laughs> let's stop there because stewed prunes i learned is elizabethan slang for testicles yes because <laughs> they look like them yeah yeah so she came in pregnant and hoping for stewed prunes <laughs> because he's getting away with that like she wanted to get fucked yes. because her husband won't fuck her right. because you know they had rules about that. Pregnant ladies, you were not supposed to fuck them as soon as you learned they were pregnant. You had to leave them alone, right? So, <laughs> but they they have their desires just like anyone else, right? But he's getting away with it because you could also say, well, pregnant ladies also get very constipated sometimes, and so maybe she needed prunes for that. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Sir, we had but two in the house, which at that very
0: distant time stood, as it were, in a fruit dish. A dish of some threepence. Your honors have seen
1: such dishes. They're not China dishes, but very good dishes. <laughs> so at that very distant time, he's playing with elbow the way, you know, the way that elbow talks. So he means at that very instant. Yeah but he's saying distant time and then a fruit dish it's like a gay guy the only whore in the house at the time was
0: someone who pleasured men not women yes yeah
1: <laughs> a dish of some three pens. uh you know uh, who never really makes a lot of money because there weren't a lot of those guys coming in yeah to to the place. He's like giving this long drawn out metaphor about the prunes <laughs> and and sort of getting away with talking about Elvo's wife coming in looking for someone to fuck her and only finding a gay guy. All right. Aeschylus. Go to go to. No matter for the dish, sir. I love that. Forget him. That means forget about him. Yeah. But also there was no matter. There was nothing for him to do in there, the fruit right. dish guy.
0: <laughs> no indeed sir not of a pin. you are therein in the right but to the point as i say this mistress elbow being as i say with child and being great bellied and longing as i said for prunes and having but two in the dish as i said master froth here this very man having eaten the rest, as I said, and as I say, paying for them very honestly, for as you know,
1: Master Broth, I could not give you three pence again. <laughs> I couldn't return your money since you already ate the prunes. <laughs> you already sucked the guy off, so I wasn't going to give you your money back. Right. But I love, as I said, as I said, if you notice up above, Elbow use that, as I said. So Mm -hmm. now he's doing it 112 times. It's great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then Froth. And no, indeed.
0: Pompey. Very well. You being then, if you be remembered, cracking the stones of the foresaid
1: prunes. So I did indeed. Pompey. (laughs) Cracking the stones? Yeah. Is he breaking his balls? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Pompey.
0: (laughs) Why, very well. I telling you, then, if you be remembered that such a one and such a one were past cure of the thing you want of, unless they kept their diet, as I told you. This is
1: all true. Why? Very well, then. So the other layer of the prunes thing is that prunes were said to be a cure for venereal disease. So they've got some kind of STD going on around in that thing. So they got to hand out prunes. Right. It's just very complex. It's very and complex. And Pompey is playing on the fact that it's very complex, and he's really enjoying yeah. drawing out this story, right? Yeah. Aeschylus,
0: come, you are a tedious fool. Is the purpose. What was done to Elbow's wife that he hath cause to complain of? Come me to what was done to her.
1: Uh, Let me understand, but come. Come is come. Yeah, right. And that's what Pompey is like, no, uh, you can't do that. Sir, your honor cannot come to that yet. You cannot come because the story ain't over. But, <laughs> uh, no, sir, nor
0: I mean it not. Yeah, that's not what I intended. Right. Stop fucking screwing with my words. Sir, but you shall come to it by your honor's leave. And I beseech, look into master froth here, sir. A man of fourscore pound a year, whose father died at
1: Hallowmas,
0: was not at Hallowmas,
1: Master Froth. Oh, Halland Eve. Yeah, uh, those are the same things. They uh, mean uh, Halloween. Why, very well. I hope here be truth. He, sir, sitting,
0: as I say, in a lower chair, sir, twas in the bunch of graves, where indeed you have a delight to sit, have you not?
1: A bunch of grapes is capitalized. It probably means a a bar or a tap room. But I like this sitting in a lower chair. He was below the other guy, sucking dick. Yep. (laughs) That's where you delight to sit, Master Froth, don't ya? (laughs) Yeah, Master Froth is the gay guy's customer. Yeah. I have so, because it is an open room and good for winter.
0: Why, farewell then.
1: I hope here be a And then Angelo is losing his fucking mind here. We haven't heard from him the whole time. He's trying to listen and, you know, make some kind of... now he's like, oh my fucking God. And I love this. This will last out a night in Russia where nights are longest there. God almighty. He's like, <laughs> oh my God. I'll take my leave and leave you to the hearing of the cause hoping you'll find good cause to whip them all. Aeschylus, I think no less. Good morrow to your lordship. And off he goes and off. He's like, fuck this.
0: Now, sir, come on. What was done to Elbow's wife once more? Pompey, once, sir. There was nothing done to her once.
1: <laughs> Elbow, I beseech you, sir. Ask him what this man did to my wife. Pompey, I beseech your honor. Ask me. Aeschylus,
0: well, sir, what did this gentleman to her? Pompey, I beseech you, sir, look in this gentleman's face. Good Master Frost, look upon his honor, tis for a good purpose. Doth your honor mark his face? Aeschylus, ay, sir, very well. Pompey, nay, I beseech you, mark it well. Aeschylus, Well, I do so. Pompey, doth your honor see any harm in his face? Aeschylus, why, no. Pompey, I'll be supposed upon a book, his face is the worst thing about him. Good, then, if his face be the worst thing about him, how could Master Froth do the constable's wife any harm?
1: I would know that of your honor. <laughs> so I'll be supposed, I'll be deposed right? Yeah. upon a book, the Bible, right? I'll be deposed on a Bible. It, his face is the worst part. So how could he, you know, if his face is the worst part, that means his dick is not the worst part, <laughs> right? Right. So plus we've already established he's not interested in women. Right. So how could he do anything to the constable's wife? Right. He's in the right. Constable, what say you to it? First, and it like you, the house is a respected house. Next, this is a respected fellow, and his mistress is a respected woman. And he means suspected, right? But Pompey's gonna go with it. <laughs> Pompey. By this
0: hamster, his wife is a more respected person than
1: any of us all. Varlet, thou liest, thou liest, wicked varlet. The time has yet to come that she was ever respected with man, woman, or child. Sir, she was respected with him before he married with her. Pompey is so fucking with him yeah. right now. <laughs> but also, this is really interesting because this is the crime that Claudio is accused of being suspected before marriage. Right. Aeschylus, which is
0: the wiser here? Justice or iniquity. Is this true?
1: Oh, thou caitiff, oh, thou varlet, oh, thou wicked Hannibal! I respected with her before I was married to her? If ever I was respected with her, or she with me, let not your worship think me the poor duke's officer. Prove this, thou wicked Hannibal, or I'll have mine action of battery on thee. An action of battery is a legal accusation, right, of somebody who beats you? Yes. So Aeschylus is going to play with him now. Aeschylus has gone to the Pompey camp, right? He's going to play with Elbow now. <laughs> Aeschylus. If he took you a box of the ear, you might have your action slander too. Your action. A box in the ear would be batteries, exactly. right? If he punched you in the ear. Right. But he's saying if he did that, then you could get an action of slander, which is not a physical thing, but an audible thing. Right. But Elbow thinks like, oh, good. He's seeing it from my side. Mary, I thank your good worship for it. What is your worship's pleasure I shall do with this wicked caitiff? Truly,
0: officer, because he hath some offenses in him that thou wouldst discover, if thou couldst, let him continue in his courses till thou knowest what they are. He's guilty of something, but since
1: you weren't able to explain it really well, um, just let him go <laughs> until you catch him again. Right. But Elbow is like picking up on the word continue. Mary, I thank your worship for it. Thou seest, thou wicked varlet now? What's come upon thee? Thou art to continue now, thou varlet. Thou art to continue. (laughs) Like, you're gonna get it. yeah. (laughs) And
0: Escalade, where were you born, friend? Here in Vienna, sir. That's Mr. Froth. Are you of four pounds a year? Oh, yes, and it please you, sir, Aeschylus. So what trade are you of, sir? Pompey, tapster, oh. four widows, tapster. Aeschylus, is your mistress's name? Pompey, The mistress overdone, Aeschylus. Hath she had any more than one husband? Pompey, nine, sir, overdone by the last.
1: means she got that name from him but it's also she was worn out by the last (laughs) nine husbands she's done Yeah,
0: nine come hither to me Master Froth Master Froth I would not have you acquainted with tapsters they will draw you Master Froth and you will hang them get
1: you gone and let me hear no more of you So froth is like this head on the beer, right? So a tapster is a person who pours beer. So they will draw you, meaning they will pour you, right? And they will pour too many for you. And then you will hang them, meaning like, oh, go hang, you asshole, for doing this to me. right? Don't go in there. Don't go into those places anymore. That's all his advice for froth. I thank your worship for my own part. I never come into any room in a tap house, but I am drawn in. So he also understands the joke and he's like, Yeah, I can't help myself. Yeah, just go right in. Aeschylus. Well,
0: no more of it, Master Froth. Farewell. Come you hither to me, Master Tapster. What's your name, Master Tapster? Pompey. What else? The bum, sir truth and your bum is the great thing about you so that in the beastliest sense you are pompey the great
1: (laughs) so there's another Roman reference to go along with the hannibal right pompey the great was defeated by julius caesar
0: pompey you are partly a bawd, pompey howsoever you color it in
1: being a tapster are you not Come, tell me true. It shall be the better for you. Howsoever is like, regardless of what you call it. Yeah. You're a pimp. Yeah. Pompey. Truly, sir, I am a poor fellow that would live.
0: How would you live, Pompey? By being a bawd? What do you think of the trade, Pompey? Is it a lawful trade? If the law would allow it, sir. But the law will not allow it, Pompey, nor it shall not be allowed in Vienna. Does your worship mean to geld and spay all the youth in the city? No, Pump. Truly, sir, in my poor opinion, they will do it then. So geld and spay? Sterilize, like a cat or a dog, right?
1: Yeah, gelding is like they use for male animals and spay, sterilize females. So he's like, are are you intending to do that? Because if not, they're just going to keep fucking. What can I tell you?
0: Yeah. And then Pompey goes on,
1: if your worship will take order for the drabs and the knaves, you need not to fear the bods. Drabs are whores, knaves are their clients, the johns. So if you go around arresting all the whores and johns, then you don't have to worry about pimps because they're going to be out of a job. (laughs) Right. Aesthetist. There are pretty orders beginning, I can tell you. It is but heading and hanging. He's confiding that... There's some intense enforcement of the law coming around right now, and it's all beheading and hanging. Yeah. People are going to get some serious punishments, Yeah, right? And Pompey, if you head and all that
0: offend that way, but for 10 year together, you'll be glad to give out a commission for more heads. This law holding began a 10 year, I'll rent the fairest house in it after. Or three pence a day. If you live to see this come to
1: pass, say Pompey told you so. If you behead and hang all the people that go around fucking, you're going to be out of citizens in ten years, and <laughs> uh, then you're going to be looking for more commission for more heads. You're going to be looking around for more people to live here. And he said, if that law holds up in Vienna for ten years, I'm going to be able to rent the best house in the village in the town for three pence obey, just like I would spend for a closet now, right? Studio apartment, I'll be able to run to palace, (laughs) right? (laughs) And then he's like, when this happens, tell everybody I told you so.
0: Right. And Aeschylus, thank you, good Pompey. And in requital of your prophecy, hark you, let me not find you before me again upon any complaint whatsoever. No, not for dwelling where you do. I do, Pompey, I shall beat you to your tent and prove a shrewd Caesar to you in plain deal, Pompey. I shall have you whipped.
1: So for this time, Pompey, fare you well. So he's using his name in the same way that Pompey was using, as I said, as I said, Pompey. He's just like pushing it out with those P's, which are so fun and disdainful anyway, as they are. Let me not even hear that any one of your neighbors complained about you in your own house. And
0: Pompey, I thank your worship for your good counsel, but I shall follow it as the flesh and fortune shall better determine. Whip me? No, no. Let Carmen whip his jade. Valiant heart
1: is not whipped out of his trade. Yeah, a little rhyming couplet for you there. So it's like, me? (laughs) No, you can let the cart man whip his nag. A jade is a nag, but it's also a whore. Uh So you can let the law enforcer beat the whore, but uh, nobody's going to be me. Nobody's going to whip me. (laughs) All
0: right, Aeschylus. Come hither
1: to me, Master
0: Elbow. Come hither, Master Constable. How long have you been in this place of constable? Place meaning job.
1: Seven year and a half, sir.
0: I thought by your readiness in the office, you had continued it some time. You say seven years together?
1: And a half, sir. Alas,
0: it hath been great pains to you. They do you wrong to put you so oft upon it. Are there not men in your ward sufficient
1: to serve it? Can't anyone else do your job? Yeah. Faiths are few of any wit in such matters. As they are chosen, they are glad to choose me for them. I do it for some piece of money and go through with all. So this is where he's telling this bribery bit. He's like nobody who really knows what they're doing, and so whenever they're chosen to do this job, they're like meh let elbow keep doing it, and they ask Elbow to take their commission instead. So I do it for the money. They pay him to stand in for them, and then they get to get away with not doing it. And Aeschylus, look you,
0: bring me in the names of some six or seven, the most sufficient
1: of your parish. To your worship's house, sir? To my house. Very well. What's o'clock, thank you. And this is some uh, one of the justices that came in with him. Eleven, sir. I pray you, home to dinner with me.
0: I humbly thank you. It grieves me for the death of Claudio, but there's no remedy. Lord Angelo is severe. It is, but needful. Mercy is not itself, that oft looks so. Pardon is still the nurse of second woe. But yet, poor Claudio, there is no remedy. Come, sir.
1: So, um, mercy is not itself. Some mercy might look like mercy, but it's actually detrimental. Yeah. That's what he's saying, you know? So he's like, Angelo must have some reason for killing Claudio because pardon is still the nurse of second. woe. sometimes pardon just leads to more crime. Right. So we've seen the example of that with the Duke, right? hmm That he just keeps pardoning people and there's no order in his town. So he's like, okay, so we have to try it Angelo's way and see what happens. Yeah. So it's sort of a downer after that whole silly, funny scene, you know, but yeah. Yeah yes silly constable elbow <laughs> yeah but more corruption there you know like how does he continue in his job because everybody else is shirking it so that's kind of thematic too it's like the duke shirking his job off onto angelo so all of the townspeople who are elected to be constable shirking their job off onto elbow right right
0: it's a societal commentary
1: yeah well, it's also like what happens at the top also happens at the bottom.
0: What do they say? The fish rots head
1: down? Yeah. Oh, boy. Now I feel sad. Now you feel sad? Or no? I feel oh, no. Oh, no. But Pompey was so fun. Yes. What a witster, right? Yeah. He's lovely. He's so good with language. Oh, my goodness. He's just fun. Yeah. <laughs> Grouping for trouts. <laughs> <laughs> he's a great character to watch out for. We get to see him later in prison. He will have to go to prison. Sorry. Sorry. But he has a great old time. So it's not so so bad. Not so bad for him. All right. All right. And next week, we're together again. Yay. Back together and back to TikTok next week. We'll see you then.
0: Bye-bye. For additional fun shit from Fuck Shakespeare, you can head to our website
1: at fckshakespeare.com. Or find us on Instagram at fckshakespeare. If you are enjoying this podcast, you could support us for as little as 99 cents per month. Just click the support button on the page on Spotify or Anchor. Tell your friends.